today I today I want to take it's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, all of the sights and the sounds and the and the food and the and the parties and spending time with people celebrating our great hope. Our great hope. Much of this world has lost its hope. Much of this country, and I shouldn't say the world, because as I speak, there is revival happening in many nations of the world, including Iran. The church is growing faster in the Muslim nation of Iran than, than anywhere. And it's persecuted there as much as any place in the world. Minimum sentence. If you get caught having church in Iran, the minimum, a Christian church, the minimum is a 10-year prison sentence. That's the minimum. And so there are many who are meeting together during this Christmas season around the world with the danger of losing their life, losing their freedom, losing their families, but their faith is just that great. And today, Pastor Steve and I often sit down and talk and shake our heads and moan and groan and wonder why it is so difficult for folks to come to church and why there is every excuse not to come and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I've been around, this is my 66th Christmas. This is my 66th celebration. And through those 66 years, I have been in every kind of service that you can imagine. And I've been in amazing celebrations where maybe it was a little too festive, talking about church. <coughs> I've watched folks become so excited and exuberant and folks come not for the reason of seeing each other or out of a sense of obligation of a tradition, but folks genuinely coming because they wanted to be in the house of God to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the reason for this day and every day we have no life outside of him. Today I want to take a few minutes and I want to talk about, I, I would love it if, if this place was uh, completely packed and overflowing. I do understand there is much sickness and everybody understands that. And, uh, and there's some folks that just need to be home. Amen. It's the best place to be when you're sick. I want to talk about the truth about Christmas. I thought this was going to be extremely unique. Uh, in fact, I made a statement, it was either last week or week before last, uh, about this. And the more I studied it, there's not anything new. But it's all still true. <laughs> and so, 
I thought I had something uniquely different from anything. I've done a lot of unique things on Christmas, uh, but this is not so unique and not so different, but it is so true. There was nothing magical. Some folks are going to get upset. There was nothing magical about the night Jesus was born. It was a supernatural miracle. Amen. Do you hear me? The night Jesus was born was not a magical night. It was supernatural. There were no decorations. There were no lights. There were no beautifully wrapped gifts. There were no reindeers, no Santa Claus. There wouldn't be a feast. There wouldn't even be an appropriate place for Mary to give birth to Jesus. It was a difficult night. Although Mary and Joseph knew, listen to this, I, I, I want you to hear this statement. Although Mary and Joseph knew that it was time for Jesus to be born, they were unprepared for his arrival. They knew it was about time that she could begin the process of birthing this child. The pains could begin at any time, and yet they were unprepared for his arrival. Oh, by the way, Jesus is coming again, and I don't even know if the church is prepared for his arrival. That's a different message but I want to give you that word today. Are you looking? Are you expecting? Do you believe that it is possible in your lifetime that we could, receive, we could see the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, it's difficult for much of the world and, and many people today to grasp that because they know nothing of Scripture and they know nothing of prophecy. They know nothing of the Word of God. And so if you don't know that, then it seems like a fairy tale that could never come into being or come to pass. But for those of us who know and have watched the Bible, prophecy after prophecy be completed, prophecy after prophecy come to pass, for those of us who have watched it all happened before our very eyes, just as the scripture says it will happen. We can say, he's coming. He's coming. I have no doubt about that. It would have been wise. It would have been wise for Mary not to make such a long journey when she was so close to giving birth. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a wise thing for her to go so far, totally unprepared, not knowing where they were going to stay. While they're going down the road, they're going to camp somewhere outside for the night. Joseph could have made the trip much quicker and easier by himself, but God's plan had to be fulfilled. So it chose... A young, strong-willed teenage girl 
who was madly in love with the man who would be her husband. They're not, they're betrothed, they're not yet married. She was determined to make the trip with Joseph. It'll be lots of fun, she thought. That's one idea. Or maybe, maybe Mary's family, maybe they didn't believe her story about the baby inside her being a work of the Holy Spirit. And maybe she had been rejected by her family, and maybe there was much ridicule, and there was certainly a great deal of gossip, because in those days the law said, if you become pregnant and you're not married, you're going to be stoned. That was the, that was the law. It wasn't the will of God, but it was the it is possible, it's possible that her family had abandoned her and she only had Joseph to take care of her. So staying home may have not been an option for her. <coughs> the trip was typically a four or five day journey. Think about that. Four or five day journey on foot because it was 65 miles from Bethlehem to Nazareth. And to walk that is going to take four or five days of traveling. There's a great possibility that it took Mary and Joseph because of her condition. It may have take them, taken them as long as a week to make the trip. It was not easy. An emperor's great decree from Rome in gossiping tongues in Nazareth. God works through all kinds of people and all kinds of events to accomplish his plan. Amen. And just because you don't understand the events that are going on in your life, God works through the events of our life to bring his will to pass. How many can say, I don't always understand it. I don't always get it. I don't always see it. But how many can look back at a point in some time in your life and you didn't know what was going on, but after it was all over, you could see the hand of God working in it. Please turn me down a little. The part of the world where Jesus' birth took place. Let's talk about that for just a, just a minute. The part of the world where Jesus' birth took place was wracked by wars, destruction, brutality, and immorality. The last few decades had brought a great deal of pain and misery. The people in that area of the world, the people in the great Roman Empire at that point didn't have much hope. They really didn't. Do a little history study and you'll find that, that, that the people were in a very, very difficult place in their lives. There had been years of bloody and brutal fighting for power and money in Rome and its provinces. The people were worn out from 20 years of civil war between three different factions in the Roman Empire. There was three different men who were trying to seize power in the Roman Empire over two decades. And it was bloody, and it was difficult, 
and it was messy, and the people were looking for some kind of hope. People's farms had been overrun or taken from them. Most of their wealth had been stolen or destroyed. Administration and protection had broken down. Robbers made the streets unsafe at night. Dangerous men roamed the roads, kidnapped travelers, and sold them into slavery. That is the time period in which Jesus came into the world. Trade diminished. Investment stood still. Interest rates were soaring. Property values fell. Although Caesar Augustus, and Caesar Augustus came, and if you didn't know, Caesar Augustus was the very first emperor of Rome, of the great Roman Empire. Although Caesar Augustus brought stability and unity to the Roman Empire, the Jewish people were desperate for deliverance. Desperate for deliverance. They'd been through so very much, and finally someone came that began to bring some unity in the great empire, but it was a mess. People were hungry. They were hurting. They were broken. And they didn't know where their hope was coming from, but the Jewish people were looking for a Messiah. They were looking, and they weren't looking for how Jesus was going to come. They were looking for a king to come that would deliver them from all of their misery and all of their pain and set up a kingdom to where there would be wealth and where there would be strength and, and, and everything would be good and we can enjoy our families and we can enjoy our work and we can, we can see the fruit of our labor and we don't have to worry about somebody coming in and raping our daughters and, and stealing our crops and taking our wealth and killing our sons. That's what they were looking for. So Jesus was something a little different than what they were expecting. There's nothing magical about Christmas. The birth of Jesus was a supernatural miracle. Jesus was a one-time, once-for-all gift for all mankind. Can you hear me? Jesus was a one-time, once-and-for-all gift for all mankind. Here's the truth about Christmas. Let me tell you the truth about Christmas today. There's, there's, there's a whole lot of truths I want to tell you. I could tell you we could go on all day long, but there's, there's three or four things. Jesus is the bridge of hope. Between God and man. You heard me preach that on many occasions, but Jesus is the bridge of hope between God and man. I want you to imagine in your mind today, I want you to imagine a great canyon of great depth. I want you to imagine man stranded in a place just a flat mountaintop, a plateau, if you will. And there man is. 
And off in the distance, past the gorge, the canyon, the valley, some several hundred feet below, there is God. But there is no way that man can get across this great divide. There is no passageway. There's no way to get down. We are just stranded in this place. If we could only get to God, if we could only get to the creator of the universe, we could have hope. We could have a future. There could be something for us for eternity. But there is no possible way that we can get from here to there. You can not only call Jesus the bridge of hope between God and man. You could also call him the bridge of love, the bridge of grace, the bridge of mercy. Jesus is love and hope to every person who will receive his mercy and grace. And so Jesus came, born in Bethlehem as a baby, but he, became, he came to be the bridge of hope for every man, every woman, every boy or girl so that we do not have to be stranded away from God, so that we don't have to enter into an eternity of hell, so that we don't have to enter into an eternity separated from God. But we can get to God through Christ and Christ alone. There is not any tradition. There is not any religion. There is not any work-based thing that you and I can do to span the great gulf to get to God. It is only through Christ and Christ alone. There is no other way. And men have tried, women have tried for centuries to try to get there. But there is no way to get to God except through Jesus. That's the reason that over and over again when people ask me, what denomination are you, what are you? I am a Christ follower. All of my hope is in Jesus. God not only chose a very humble and accessible beginning for Jesus, he also made the choice to declare the message of hope to a group of low-class and uncelebrated shepherds who were said to live by this code, what is thine is mine. Shepherds were considered so unreliable that they were not allowed to testify in a court of law. Bethlehem's, now listen to this, this is interesting. Bethlehem's shepherds were known to care for the temple flock. I, there's such a significant message in here, and I don't have time for it today, but there is such a significant message message. These men may have been protecting and caring for the sacrificial lambs. Somebody needs to put that message together one day. These men may have been caring, may have been protecting and caring for the sacrificial 
lambs. The message of Christmas is that Jesus is good news and brings great joy to all people. Luke 2, the very familiar story about the birth of Jesus, just a few verses out of that chapter, starting with verse 8. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were scared to death. They were terrified. Uh, we ain't never done this before. We ain't never seen this before. But the angel assured them. <coughs> the angel assured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Will you just say that with me? I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And I'm bringing it, this word, this message to you guys. You know, the guys that have the code, what is thine is mine. My word can't be trusted because I'm always telling a lie. And the message of the birth of Jesus comes to them. Pastor Steve talked about it last week. I have talked about it many times uh, through the Christmas season. God on purpose put Jesus in the most accessible place where the lowest of the low could approach him and see him and be in his presence. There is not anyone who cannot come in to the presence of Jesus. He is accessible to everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Well, here's the truth about Jesus. The Savior. Yes, the Messiah of the world came in humility and made himself accessible to everyone. There is not one, there is not one in this room, nor is there one in the world that cannot have access to Jesus. Jesus came as the promised, listen, listen, Jesus came as the promised, appointed deliverer of all mankind. The angel announced before the vast host of angels showed up and there was a heavenly light show. The angel said, your Savior, 
your Messiah has come. He is born. He is here. The one you have been waiting for, the one whom the world needs has come. He has come to be the bridge that delivers us from the place of hopelessness to the place and position of eternal hope for today and forever. Amen. Come on. That should be exciting to every child of God. I told you I come from a long line of folks who would get excited about Jesus. And, and it bothers me when we can't get excited about the most important thing that has ever or will ever happen in our life. We met Jesus and now we have hope today and forevermore. Otherwise, we are most hopeless. Pepsi. I've gotten old enough now. I need to take a drink. I'll take a drink while I'm preaching. Third thing. Here's the truth about Christmas. Jesus is the true roadmap to life. Now, that's a simple statement, right? But I'm going to show you this in Scripture. Jesus is the true roadmap to life. In John 14, the sixth verse, Jesus said this, I am the way, the roadmap, the path. How are we going to get from here to there? Jesus is the path. He's the bridge of hope. He's the direction. He is the way made. I am the way, the truth. I'm the truth. I am the true path, the true way, the true bridge to life eternal. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. Come on, declare it with me. Nobody can get to God except through Jesus. Come on, we ought to declare it from the mountaintops. We should never declare that, that, come on, if you can come to Abounding Grace, you'll be good. If you can join such and such denomination, you'll be good. If you can practice a particular tradition, you'll be good. If you can have my religion, you'll be good. There is no way to get to the Father except through Jesus. He is the path. He is the bridge. He is the way. He is the life. Jesus and Jesus Here's the truth about Christmas. Jesus is the anchor of my soul. Oh, God. Kings and kingdoms rise and fall, but Jesus never fails. Wealth and riches come and go, but Jesus is always present. All of my hope and stability 
is in the resurrected bridge of hope. He is the anchor of my soul. How am I going to make it? How am I going to survive? How will I keep my sanity? How will I get through this thing in my life? It is the anchor of my soul. It is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the bridge of hope. Jesus never fails. It's an old song that says, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep or the wild stormy sea. But in Jesus, I'm safe evermore. Hebrews chapter 6 says this. We have a sure and steadfast foundation. And he went behind the veil before us. Jesus is our mooring. And Jesus is moored to the heavenly Father. We are anchored in Christ and in God the Father. We are anchored in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There are some in the world, and I've even read a statement this week that said, the only time we really need an anchor is when the storm is raging. I tend to disagree with that. I am a fisherman. I'll get there in a minute. Thank God. Say it with me. Thank God for the anchor we have in Jesus. <coughs> Thank God we have him in the most difficult days of life. When the doctor said we're dying, Anchored and secure in Jesus. I've seen a lot of people die that were anchored in Jesus. I've watched them die well. I've seen some of them die praising Jesus. I've seen some trying to raise their hands when they were too weak to do so just to praise him again. relationships are under attack the world around us is going completely crazy and when it seems like your life is being torn apart by the storm Jesus is my anchor I not only need an anchor in stormy weather but let me tell you something I need an anchor when the winds are calm. I've fished a great many years on Dale Hollow Lake in Tennessee. And there are days that it is completely calm. And the, and the water is like glass and it is beautiful, but there is always a current. There is always something pulling at my boat. I preached a message about losing our focus. I preached it a few times in different places. Losing our focus. 
moment, the momentary loss of focus can take you farther away than you can imagine. I have been fishing on a hole, catching crappie right out of the top of the tree. Right there. The only way to jig it is to jig straight up and down because those branches are everywhere. But every time you put the thing in the water, that minnow or, or jig or whatever, and there it goes straight down. And you pull that thing up. And as you take the fish off to put it in the live well, measure it, put it in the live well, and, and fix your bait, by the time you turn around, you're 20, 30, 40 feet from where you just were. It doesn't take long to drift without you not only need an anchor, and here's the problem. This is the reason why people get into some trouble. Because I need Jesus when I'm in trouble. I need Jesus when things are rough. But I want to tell you, you need him even more when things are going good in your life. Without Jesus to anchor me in the good times, I would soon drift into dangerous waters. I would soon become lackadaisical in my walk with the Lord. I would soon just be resting in the wealth and the riches that I have. Jesus came to be our complete source of security. In the good times and in the bad times, I said he came to be our complete source of security. Our all-weather anchor. I'm not anchored to this world. I'm not anchored to anything else but I am anchored to the God in heaven through Jesus he is my bridge of hope he is my deliverer my way made my only hope he is my grace and my mercy and he loved me when nobody else could love me here's my final truth about Christmas today. Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah. Folks are still squabbling about an election that took place sometime. Folks are arguing about what will help our country. No one seems to agree on what the answers are. Folks are wringing their hands and they're worried today. What will happen to our economy? What will happen to my livelihood? What is the future going to be like? I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail wide seas at morn, though the tempest may sweep or the wide stormy sea. In Jesus, I'm safe. In Jesus, I'm safe. In Jesus, I am safe evermore. Jesus, the light of the world. As long as I can see Jesus. I said, as long as I can see Jesus, I see hope. I see victory. I see help. 
I see the way. I see the truth. I see life as long as I can see Jesus. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. There's no other way. There's no other truth. And there's only one. There's only one way to eternal life. You can deny him dismiss him you can ignore him but Jesus is the light of the world come and help me please sooner or later hear this sooner or later every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is the king of kings and the lord of lords sooner or later going to happen. There's only there's only one bridge of hope. There's only one deliverer. There's only one way. One truth. One anchor. The anchor holds. Yeah. As the old song that's for us old folk. The anchor holds. The ship's been battered. Anchor holds. Though we've been through so much. Anchor holds. We've struggled with much. And sometimes we've let the anchor rope get a little longer than it should. The anchor still holds. Oh, and by the way, my anchor is not bound to this earth or anything in the earth. My anchor is secure in heaven. Come on, declare this with me. All my hope is in Jesus. One more time. All I hope, all my hope, is in Jesus. Tomorrow, when we're dealing with life, we look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Tomorrow, when the tough stuff of life is in our face again, you see, I didn't get to preach to you about the truth about Christmas that He's our peace. He is our joy. He is our strength. Our mighty strong tower. 
in the time of trouble. He is the one who will never leave us and never forsake us. He will always be with us. We will never be alone. All my hope is in Jesus. He's the truth about Christmas. Can you stand? If you're able, if you cannot stand, just remain seated. On this morning, I would like us to do something very simplistic. Something very simplistic. I want everybody that will to participate. If you don't want to, you don't have to. I'm not going to put any pressure on anybody. But I want you to see yourself. And listen, the vast majority in this room are not in that place and position. But I want you to envision yourself when you were separated in a place away from God. And you didn't see any way, any way of getting from where you were to where he is. Today, I want you to see Jesus. And and could you just, I, I don't know how you're going to do this. Could you just step out of your seat? Just step out of your seats. And I want you, I want you, by faith, Step out on Jesus. You may have been saved for a long, long time, but today there's some things you're dealing with in your life that you need to trust Jesus with. I just just felt that, heard that. There's some things you just need to trust. Trust Jesus. I am not the way. I am not the truth. I am not the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, life. Come on. Come on. Look, Miss Vicky. Miss, come on. Come on. Come on. Let's, let's just do it. Let's, by faith, this is not about anybody except you, you getting to Jesus. From where you're at, you may need salvation today. Jesus is your salvation. He is your bridge to God. You may, you may be in a mess that you see no way out of. You may be hurting today. Why don't you just step out on Jesus? Just step out on Jesus. Just step out on Jesus. I'm getting across this. I'm getting across this place where there's no way to get across. I'm I'm getting across and I'm getting across and I'm 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 walking on Jesus. I don't have any strength. I don't, I don't have any answers. I don't know what to do. But I'm I'm walking on Jesus. Come on, just walk a little bit. I know that you ain't got a lot of room, but I'm walking on Jesus. I'm headed toward 
victory in my God. I'm headed toward victory in my God. I'm headed toward victory in my God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll see the hearts and the faith that's rising up in this group of people this morning. God, I am praying that you will hear the cry of their heart. I pray, God, that you will hear their anguish. Oh, Lord, you are their answer. You are. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. You are. Thank you, Jesus. If you're not going to trust him with everything in your life today, when will you? When will you? I promise you, you can't get it done by yourself. But I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can. I can get through. I can get across. I can go through it. I can make it through the storm because I have you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pastor.